0: This episode of the Ottawa Entrepreneurs Podcast is brought to you by Extension Marketing. They act as your virtual marketing department, designing and implementing cost-effective marketing strategies that grow your business. For a free workshop, email them at workshop at extensionmarketing.com. Now here's your host, Pat Whalen.
1: In this episode, I speak with Kathy Hay, the founder of Hay Design. She's also the winner of the 2017 Woman in Business Award. We discuss her entrepreneurial journey and how she dealt with the challenges she's faced along the way. I hope you enjoy the show.
0: Hi, I'm Kathy Hay from Hay Design. I'm with Ottawa Entrepreneur Podcast with Pat Whalen. My stomach growls. Can you block it out? <laughs> <laughs> I just it's like oh, really felt a awesome. hunger grow. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Kathy. Thanks for
1: coming, uh, coming and spending some time with us.
0: Thanks, Pat. My pleasure.
1: So, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about uh, about you and about Hay Design?
0: Well. Uh, I've been practicing interior design for 29 years and uh, I opened up Hay Design 14 years ago Um, I do complete interior design uh, project management uh, energy and energy and environmental design uh, for all sorts of types of places where people Kind of live, work, and play. Uh, We do office design, uh, residential design. We'll design restaurants, store spaces, community centers, retirement homes. So any any type of space that you
1: you're in. Is there is there any area of specialty within those? You mentioned a few different kind of categories. Mm
0: -hmm. I have uh, I have a team that specializes in residential design. And then in Ottawa, I have two locations. So in Ottawa, we really focus on commercial design, um, large buildings, office spaces. That's really my specialty because of my background. I just got a lot of experience in that right from the get-go.
1: So when, when you say large buildings, can you put some context around that? How, how large is large? <laughs> what are we talking well, my
0: very first project 29 years ago, was a 29-story building, and uh, I wasn't working on it solely by myself. I was a team of five designers, and we were working under a project manager. And um, so that was a five-year project, and I, that's kind of the experience I got right from the get-go. So it was uh, awesome. And wow.
1: Plus the irony of doing a 29 story building 29 years ago. It's kind of nice. That's true, I never thought of that. (laughs) And was that here in Ottawa? Yes, it was. So within these kind of vertical markets that you have, residential, commercial, is it always Ottawa based or do you go outside of Ottawa as well?
0: Uh, It's mainly Ottawa, but we also um, serve all of Eastern Ontario. So I've done projects in uh, Belleville, Kingston. We do a lot of projects in Kingston, Cornwall. Uh, Perth Uh, I've went as far as Peterborough and I have some clients that have asked me to do work uh, on their projects in Toronto So I don't market Toronto, but I will serve my repeat clients
1: So depending on the on the in on the category you're working with you follow the same process Like I I don't know a whole lot about Mm -hmm. design, so Maybe you can kind of take our our listeners through this is there I assume there's a a system to this is there?
0: There is, there's uh, definitely a system with design. Uh, As a project manager I'm big into processes and developing schedules and making sure right from the start of a project Mm -hmm. that uh, you understand the client's schedule and needs and um, then we start with the functional programming, gathering their requirements, uh, getting on site, surveying everything and um, then we start creating their design and their design concept. Uh, That's like what the space is going to look like. Um, Colors, finishes, uh, architectural details, lighting, all of that. And then we move into construction drawings and we prepare all of the architectural construction drawings for permit. Uh, I have my BCIN, so that's a building code identification that you need to, to do permit drawings and we coordinate the mechanical and electrical engineering drawings with that and um, then we guide that project through construction so do you
1: oversee construction I know we're talking a little yeah. bit about this before we we went live here yeah. but maybe kind of educate me a bit on that
0: uh, we do not manage the construction uh, we'll help the owner tender it, so we'll go out to different contractors and receive their bids and then evaluate their bids and give our recommendation. But we're not a general contractor, so we don't, uh, there's no uh, conflict of interest. And uh, the contractor is managing his site and then we'll come in and uh, visit the site, do site observation reports, make sure he's constructing it as per our drawings. And, and and how
1: like I knew you were a designer. Were you a designer right out of school, or kind of mm-hmm. take us through that that path a little bit?
0: Yeah, I um, I mean after high school I took the interior design program, and uh, my first job was actually with the government. So I was in their facility management department, and that was when I started the twenty nine story. Uh, it was a, an asbestos abatement project, so we completely gutted the building. Uh, We did all the functional programming, vertical stacking, because you can imagine the logistics around uh, moving like 30,000 people out of a building and then back in. Um, So yeah, it was a process. um, So then I uh, left the government, went to the private sector, because as a designer I didn't feel like the government was the place I wanted to be and uh, uh, I worked for a local design firm and became a lead designer there uh, quite quickly, I guess with my experience of doing large fit-up projects and quickly became an associate there. Then they uh, wanted to retire and uh, I ended up starting my own business. Uh, I had the opportunity to purchase their business um, but I couldn't afford it and, uh, couldn't really justify on paper to the bank why they should lend me that kind of money, uh, <laughs> starting out as a business. So that Gotta love was, the banks. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a process, uh, starting a new business. And you know, uh, you have this dream that you want to pursue and, uh, Trying to convince the bank that they should have the confidence yeah. in your abilities to—they're not big dreamers, banks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so,
1: so what was the you know it, it, when you were working in the industry, you didn't have your own uh, firm yet. Was there did you know in the back of your mind you said you know what like one of these days I'm going to do this on my own, or just when they retired, it kind of forced your hand a bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I started out on uh, the first project, uh, the 29-story building that I was working on, um, with a really amazing mentor. Uh, And he had such great leadership skills, and he really inspired me to become a leader. And that was really my aspiration, was to become a lead designer. I never really thought about owning my own business until the opportunity came up but I was all over it. I was, there's great you know, the an, an entrepreneur within me and uh, I was all over that opportunity.
1: So when you started your business, did you, I mean, it sounds like you didn't have any formal training in that as I would argue 99.9% no. <laughs> of entrepreneurs, they don't have any formal training. So did you, uh, did you read some books? Like, like kind of take us through that or you just went right mm-hmm. in and, and learned as you went along?
0: Well, I'm a, D type personality, so I I take risks. <laughs> I definitely took the risk and uh, dove right in. And yeah, I have no business background. Uh, I uh, you know made decisions quickly and went with it. Uh, I started out with a client base, so that really helped. I had work coming at me uh, right away, um, so there wasn't as maybe as great a risk as, you know, starting out without a client base, but um, there's still all sorts of um, fears that you have as a business owner and you have employees that, you know, you're responsible for their livelihood, their family's livelihood, their payroll, it's it's a lot. So it's very stressful at times. Um, yeah. it's crazy how stressful and how much responsibility we have as entrepreneurs.
1: It's almost extreme though, isn't it? Because you've got the extreme that side of it, right? Mm -hmm. But there's also extreme gratification or I think anyway, extreme gratification. If you genuinely enjoy what you do, extreme, hopefully fun day to day, but it's, uh, it's interesting, isn't it? That there's really no middle ground with this.
0: No, there isn't. I mean, I think entrepreneurs strive and, uh, they, they strive for success, but you have to really figure out what success means to you as an entrepreneur. Uh, when I started out, success was all about money, um, and I've learned recently like it's not all about money. It's a lot more than that.
1: Do did you did, would you say that's true of most entrepreneurs? Like other people that you know that own businesses, that they they would they would uh, back up that sentiment. I, 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 I personally so. think it is. The yeah. people I've spoken to, yeah, is, but it depends what, what what phase you catch them in. Mm-hmm. If it's in that first kind of one to five years, it tends to be typically typically about money because they've got to generate a certain amount of revenue to survive and to thrive. And then I think <clears throat> kind of years five, maybe six to ten, it changes again and it's a bit more balance. And then I find kind of after ten years, it's a lot about giving back. I mean... I don't know if, is that true of your business, or am I close there?
0: Yes, that's definitely true, and okay. I'm fitting right into that uh, cycle that you're you're referring to. Um, I do a lot of community work right now, and um, my goal right now is really to get my team in place, and I'm really close to having this, but uh, getting my team in place and all the right people in the right places within my business, and so it's running... Uh, more independently without me because the first 10 years I was right in, <clears throat> emerged into the operation of it and now I'm really f- more focused on mentoring my team, mentoring young entrepreneurs and um, just giving back to the community. I, I love working with different organizations like Habitat for Humanity and U-Turn and, uh, big Brothers, Big Sisters. There's so many great organizations out there that uh, yeah. I, yes. I get a lot out of that.
1: Was there, is there any lessons or that you'd pass on to someone that's, let's say they're in kind of that year one to five, where they they do have to be focused on, on the top line revenue. I mean, to, in order to have a successful business, you, you have to be generating mm-hmm. enough to, to pay the bills. But if you could do it over again, is there anything you do differently in those first five years?
0: Well, I mean, my first 10 years 12 years of running a business uh, I worked so so hard and there was many many years where I was working 50 to 70 hours a week and everyone kept saying to me Kathy you can't do this that this long you can't sustain it you're going to burn out and I'm like yeah when I've been doing it for 29 (laughs) years right so uh, even before I had my business I was working that hard but um in the last couple years, I've really realized that how important it is to take care of yourself. This episode of the Ottawa Entrepreneurs Podcast is brought to you by Extension Marketing. Extension Marketing acts as your virtual marketing department, designing and implementing cost-effective marketing strategies to grow your business. Email them at workshop at extensionmarketing.com to procure free one-hour marketing consultation to grow your business. Uh, I was... Uh, depriving myself of my health and my fitness and I feel so much better now within the last two years and it's only been two years that I've really focused on taking care of me and loving myself so um, that is the advice that I'd give any entrepreneur starting out to,
1: Just, to, to start investing in yourself sooner yes yeah definitely I, I, I agree
0: it's it, only going to benefit your business you don't realize that but yeah. it it will do your business better if you take care of yourself.
1: I don't know what the ratio is, but the different studies say different things. But uh, it's for every hour of exercise, you get back two or three in productivity that you wouldn't have otherwise. Whatever that mm-hmm. math is, but <clears throat> I, I, I really, it. I really do believe in that. But. Uh, I know it's a struggle for most entrepreneurs because I know what they're thinking. Oh, I I can't get everything done as it is, and now you want me to go spend to mm-hmm. drive to a gym or whatever your deal is—working yeah. from home or uh, working out from home—and uh, but I, I think we're both saying that that's that's a true investment.
0: Definitely. Yeah,
1: not just in your health, but if you you know if that doesn't trigger you, <laughs> it should. <laughs> if that doesn't trigger you, at least in your productivity, I, I would argue.
0: Definitely. Yeah
1: do you uh do you have a, um like a typical daily routine that you follow any advice you'd give there are you you know i had one guy on the show a while back mm-hmm. and you know he's, i'm up at four in the morning and am are oh my god <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> four in the morning some people are night owls some yeah. people are morning do you, do you fall into one of those categories
0: i do uh i'm not a morning person but i force myself to get up at 4 a.m <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> and um as you Probably no, I, I'm not, I don't live in Ottawa. I, I'm a commuter, so uh, I live outside of Ottawa. I commute every day, but um, I'm working out in Ottawa at 6.30, and uh, I have morning meetings other days at 6 o'clock, um, you know, with wow. some networking groups, other entrepreneurs that that are morning people that, well, or not morning people, they just know that that's the time to do it because if you wait until... You know, the afternoon or after work, sometimes to do your your business and work on your business, um, you get caught up within it. So,
1: mm-hmm. did you uh, did you you mentioned working on your business? Did that take you a while to figure
0: that out? Yes, yeah, it definitely me too.
1: took me about ten years. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? It's, it's probably. I would argue, other than you know what you mentioned earlier about taking care of yourself, but it's probably one of the lessons that people should be focused on early on. Would you agree with that?
0: Definitely, yeah. to prioritize their time and time block, time within their calendar to work on their business. Yeah. That's something I definitely didn't do, so that's a really good lesson learned too.
1: Is there a ratio that you try to achieve with that? Like time on versus time in? And every business is different. I'm just curious. Are you trying to
0: carve out? Is it an hour a day? Is it once a week? How are you doing that? I guess different businesses would, I mean, it would depend on what stage they're at too. I think if I was starting out again, I would probably try to spend at least 20% of my time working on my business. Um... Whereas I wasn't spending that at all. Uh, I was, you know, neck deep in the operation. Of course, of course. (laughs) But now um, I'm spending a lot more time working on my business unless it's only because I have the opportunities to because I've figured out that I need the right team to back me and be there and I need to trust them and uh, let them actually do what you're paying them to do do, right yeah and I know they're going to represent me well yeah
1: I find Kathy having the right team is so key to that Mm -hmm. because if you don't have the right team and you feel you still have to do everything yourself then you become the bottleneck right because it's a bit of a uh, a blessing and a curse or you know um, you're the best thing for your business sometimes you're the worst thing for your business right that you're the front frontline person I mean you but as entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. you're the frontline person but if you're also the bottleneck at the back end then you're preventing the business from growing and uh, I would argue the the best way to to no longer become the bottleneck is to try to find is to get a good team around you that you can trust and but I also think and I've talked about this many times in the show that Entrepreneurs by our nature, I, I don't like the term control freak, but I really don't know what else to say. Would you? We are. We are. Thanks. <laughs> there <you go>. No, <laughs> no one can do it as
0: yeah. good as us,
1: right? <laughs> right, but it, that's but that's a significant part of the problem. I I would argue in putting together a good team and letting them do what they're paid to do. Would you Would you agree?
0: Absolutely, uh, it's challenging as entrepreneurs because. Our business is our passion it's 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 our dream right so um, you now you can't you, you want to have a team that's going to represent you the way you would represent yourself and uh, it you need to mold them and mentor them and um, be very selective on the in the hiring process right not just be reactive and hire someone when you really need them but really put them through a long process when you're hiring them uh, to make sure you find the right people to represent you.
1: So do you when you say long process do you mean long process before you make the decision on whom to hire or long processes and once they're hired the training or both? Both right.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. hire slow, fire fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right.
1: Would you say that's, because uh, I, I think it's a common mistake that entrepreneurs make that we bring somebody, listen, I'm guilty of it, mm-hmm. but you bring somebody new into the fold, you give them a quick orientation and you just, you keep running. And I think that's doing a disservice to, to, to the company, to the, mm-hmm. especially the, to the new employee, and, and I think just as importantly to yourself.
0: Yeah, I think it's really important to uh, meet with them and make sure they understand your core values. And uh, once they understand you and your story and where you're from and how you work, and they really um, represent you a lot better than, like, they represent you as a person and your your values a lot better. Did that come did that come naturally to you?
1: When you first started hiring people, did you no. Took a while to.
0: <laughs> I think everything <laughs> I love these like honest answers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't know anything about business when I started, so I right. was a designer and that was my expertise and so I've been learning. Yeah. I've learned a lot. <laughs> do you uh, <laughs> made
1: lots of mistakes too? Well but what we all do, right? <laughs> I mean so so are you are you uh, what are you doing with that right now? So you've learned you you know, you're you've learned these lessons. Are you passing these lessons along? Are you um, are you mentoring anyone or coaching anyone or are you just kinda of doing I it? am. No, oh, okay.
0: I have uh, actually I love this about uh, Hey, design! Uh, my daughter's within the company, so nice. she has been working with me since she was 15, and she's 27 now. So um, she started out as a summer student, and now she's uh, she decided well, five years ago she uh, graduated from the interior design program, and uh, she's been working full time for me. So I'm mentoring her. And, uh, on the business side of it. And hopefully when she's, you know, more engaged <clears throat> and in the business, uh, doing what I'm doing because she's still learning design, right, as well, but I'm teaching her both at the same time. Uh, she won't make the same mistakes that I did.
1: Is that, is that, uh, is that challenge not to get too personal, but mm. the, the, is that challenging in and of itself to have, uh.
0: It is very to challenging yeah. to have a family member in your business. Yeah. Um, but she's my rock. She's my soundboard. She's It's, great. Uh, it's really nice to be able yeah. to. Uh, as an entrepreneur, sometimes it's very lonely, right? If you don't have a partner, someone that you can trust and talk to about everything, right. financial difficulties, yeah. anything, personnel issues, you know, you don't have anyone to talk to about that stuff sometimes. Uh, so it 's nice to be able to have a family member that you trust, and you know it 's not going to go anywhere i I, I think it's
1: uh, <coughs> calling it a myth may be too strong of a term, but i I find uh, especially people that don 't own their own business, oh do you know never hire family or never hire friends mm-hmm. or i think if you I think if you do it well, if you follow the process that you mentioned, you know hire uh, slowly that mm-hmm. they can be integrated as well as anybody um, I don't think I've ever cro- I don't know if I've ever come across anyone that you know that their family situation changed dramatically because they were in business together. It just because you're right. I mean, we take it home. It's 24/7 for us mm-hmm. as entrepreneurs. So either you have an understanding partner or uh or uh other relatives that are involved in the day-to-day operations, I would I would argue probably makes it a little bit easier.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. You definitely have to have some boundaries though too because Otherwise you end up talking to your family member 24 seven about business. So I realized that pretty quickly that I was doing that with my daughter. I'd be you know, talking to her on the phone or she'd be over at my house and I would bring up business. So now I, I've recognized that and I, I make myself stop yeah. <laughs> when it starts. <laughs> but that's,
1: that's hard on, that's difficult to do, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, there's times where she'll just up and call me about work, so it's... Right,
1: right. Yeah, yeah, give yeah, and take. Yeah. yeah interesting. Um, so you mentioned, you talked a bit about, you know, your morning routine, you're up early, mm-hmm. so you've got this fairly long commute, but I assume in that mm-hmm. time of the morning, you're not exactly stuck in traffic, but do, are you a podcast, mm-hmm. like, what are you I doing do, during that time? You podcast I, this, learning, or do you just turn I'm everything off? And, yeah. Uh, yeah
0: learning, listening, and then there's other days where, no, I'm just turning off, or, or um, I do a lot of thinking when I'm driving, so I use... Uh, that time wisely uh, and then when i'm not uh when i want to turn right off i just listen to music yeah yeah,
1: yeah. it's funny i uh i i like to use that time uh i'm a big podcast i really mm. enjoy listening to podcasts but what a great way to to learn mm-hmm. i mean you're sitting in your car anyway for a half hour to an hour <clears throat> i'm not saying i do it all the time but yeah. Boy, you think about that over the course of a year if you wanted to pick just one subject matter or or for that matter if you if it's learning's not your thing, just to be entertained there's a lot of great podcasts that are not a not about uh, lessons or anything it's just entertainment yeah yeah, yeah. um before we close out uh, I know you're heavily involved in 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 doing giving back in the community. Can you touch on some of the some of the, your partnerships or some of the areas that you're working on within our community
0: mm-hmm sure um I'm a Global uh, Habitat for Humanity, Global Village Team Leader. So once a year, I uh, form a team and go off to do uh, builds uh, throughout South America and different locations. We've uh, went to Honduras a couple times, Chile, Nicaragua, uh, Yukon in Canada. Um, And then this year, I'm uh, doing a build in, in El Salvador. Um, so that is uh, a lot of fun I get a lot out of it uh, I'm I have to say I, I get just as much out of it as I'm giving. Uh, the families there are so so grateful and that just makes you feel so damn good it's uh, it's incredible so uh, other than that um, I do some design work for different organizations uh, when they have... Um, like I had a shelter, I did a kitchen in, uh, so different design projects that we do, and um, Big Brothers Big Sisters. We've uh, I do a golf tournament every year where we raise funds for different charities, uh, charitable organizations, and I'm working with U-turn right now.
1: Wow! Mm-hmm. Holy
0: jeez! How, how do you how do you prioritize those?
1: Like, like mm-hmm. what, what made you decide on Habitat mm-hmm. for Humanity because it ties so nicely into design?
0: Uh, I think things just happened. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Like, okay. Uh, I got involved with habitat locally. Uh I was voluntold at my <laughs> other uh design firm that I worked for. They were like, Yeah, you should go to this and so I, I went and I was intrigued and uh I just keep getting drawn to things in the community. So
1: Hm. And and with the habitat for humanity, how do you decide which countries you're I'm not. I'm, I'm familiar with the organization, but I'm not familiar with the processes of the organization. So why in those particular countries you mentioned, why, why, why those?
0: Well, uh, as a team leader, you can pick whichever um, country you want to go to, and uh, as long as they have a habitat organization there and they're doing builds in the month that you're looking to go. So you kind of work with the head office um, and determine... Where you want to go? Uh, I had a few to select from this year, so and I checked them out and looked at their issues and decided to go to El Salvador.
1: Nice. So, where can our listeners, as we wrap up here, where can our listeners find out more about about Hay Design? Uh,
0: well, my website is HayDesign.ca, uh, and I mean, just Google us and <laughs> you'll find us. I'm I'm all over the place. <laughs> You're not hard to find. No. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show. We appreciate your time.
0: Thank you very much, Pat. Thanks, great.